we have just wrapped season two. We have. Feels a little bit surreal. Yeah. Well, people are going to listen to to another group conversation. Well, well, what's your initial feeling, reaction? You so look it, like it you're is, thinking and feeling something. Well, yeah, I am thinking and feeling something. It is, it, it, it is lovely to hear, kind of to be mirrored, or, or you know, it makes me feel seen and heard that. What I experience in these conversations, which is long-form, meandering, deep conversations of honesty and vulnerability, where there isn't an agenda, where we are allowed to, to speak our mind, however certain or uncertain that thought might be, um, and that it isn't just me experiencing that. It is, in this case, Andy and Matthew and Izzy, too. And that, feel, you know, it's like I can, I can kind of see this, this energy ball of chi bouncing off from Matthew into Andy. And it's like it just goes on where it is... We have had, we have had this type of group conversation now with everybody from season one and everybody from season two. So that's 11 people and, and, and everyone has, has, has shared that same type of experience, that same type of, of, of worth. Which, you know, it is, it is, it is a lovely thing to be a part of and to enable in a sense. Matthew speaks about emergence and about what wants to happen. And I think this is, this podcast is a very good example of what wants to happen, even though it took some time before it actually did happen. But once it did, it really did, you know, <laughs> It sure did. Yeah, I think I think it's amazing how all of these people and everyone that I've been speaking to listened to to the podcast as well. They're all expressing the same joy over over genuine meandering conversations. And I mean that that was the intention from you when you started this. So so I think it's it's both a great achievement for for you, but uh, but I also think it's a really nice sentiment <laughs> that that everyone wants and and needs more of these conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's let people get on with listening to us. Sure thing. Enjoy.
happy to have you all here. Uh, for this, this will be the final recording for the second season of Tankispia with Helena Roth. I just realized I took a walk before to gather my thoughts and just, wow, that's where we're at. So I, I leave it up to Caspian because he's, he's to chaperone us for this, uh, this time. Well, but, but. And adding to that, I should, before, before starting, um, you're publishing the 52nd episode of the podcast this Tuesday. No, 50th. No, 50th. Sorry. Yeah, 50th. sorry, my bad. So we're soon at one year. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty cool as well. Yeah. I've been doing this for, for quite some time now. Yeah. Um, so, well, I, I guess welcome. Uh, it's a bit strange saying that since I'm the last one in the room, but, but <laughs> yet welcome. Um, what I want us to, to speak a bit about today is, is the experience around being on this podcast. Cause I know it's, um, I don't want to say different than any other podcasts, but it is. Um, and, and I think it's a format that, um, is well suited for, for some reflection afterwards, saying that you all, all have had five conversations with Helena. Um, they've all been in the same sort of manner, but, but on very different topics and, and in very different ways, I would say. Um, and so, so that's, that's what I want us to do today to sort of reflect on what these conversations have done to you, with you, for you, um, and, and sort of sum up the, the five conversations that you each had with Helena and the 25 conversations for you, Helena. Um, is that right? 25, no, 15. No, 25. Um, I did 25. Yeah, you did 25 for the full season. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what I wanted to start out with really is, is the, um, sort of the intention, the, the going into the series, uh, when Helena asked you to be on the podcast, what, what was your, um, what were your thoughts, your, your feelings, your sort of preconceived ideas, your, your worries, if, if you had any sort of, what were you, what were you going into the say, season with? Can I go first? Sure. <laughs> um, well, for me, it was a bit weird to be on the other side because I do the podcast as a, a well, I have guests and I interview them. I ask the questions and, you know, I, I steer the conversation often the direction that I would like to take it. But so then Helen asked me to, um, to do the five conversations and at first I thought five well it's quite a bit but it's a practice so I'm sorry hell yeah I will do it because it's first time when I was a guest on another person podcast so I was like yeah why not and uh, I, I remember I asked Helena to limit this up to uh, up to one hour because I know that 
I probably would get very, I, I know my brain, just the energy goes down after 60 minutes of talking. Um, but um, yeah, it, it was very exciting and actually having five conversations wasn't that much. It didn't feel like it's a lot because they were spread over a certain period of time. Um, and they were really like mind-opening conversation. It was cool for me to talk to a different person about the topics that I feel comfortable talking about um, and having someone else's perspective on it. So that was great. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I, it was a challenge for me because being on this other side, that just was different for me. And it's the first time when I did it, Helena, you know? So I think it was a great run for me for being guest on someone else's podcast. And first time was, like, I was nervous first time. Like, first one, first conversation. Despite the fact that we spoke before, we had some conversations, we exchanged, I think, some emails and everything. But first conversation, first recording, I was nervous. And then the more we did, I think the better it went, you know. And sometimes I was wondering, what are we going to talk about? The conversation just happened. So, and that was really, really great. And I think Helena are doing a great job. You just naturally able to move from one topic to another topic and you don't have any script or anything. It just, it happens, which is fantastic, I think. Yeah, I concur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for me, it was because um, I, spoke to Helena on my podcast so I had a feel for the conversation before I kind of yeah agreed to do this and when you when you asked Helena it was like a no-brainer because there's something about just that meandering slow vibe that really appeals to me in terms of just diving into topics over time and letting those conversations flow and I think I know it's one of one of your values, really, isn't it? To like the you, could, you there's so much more to say than you can fit into like a thirty minute, forty five minute um, episode, and that was yeah, just really freeing to not feel like I've got to fit everything that I might want to say into this one kind of period of time. Um, and then to reflect between episodes and, and that kind of thing as well was, was just really freeing. Um, so it's a, a lovely format. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was interesting for me uh, in being only the second time I had appeared on a, a podcast. I, I was a guest on a, a podcast in 2020 um, as I was in the process of creating a podcast, which never quite came to fruition, but I was wanting to be in the position of a podcast guest as a podcast creator to give, give myself a, a, a sort of fuller perspective on what I was inviting people into. But then I had been in conversation when I came to this, this podcast, I came with Emma, first of all. And so, um, it wasn't just me and I knew both of the other people. So, and not only that, but there's been an ongoing conversation between me and Helena, between Emma and I, between all three of us in various settings over the past um, couple of years. And my uh, 
nervousness actually was that I would forget we were recording and that this was going to be public and that I would, you know, <laughs> say something that I would, you know, rather only have said in private or something, because typically that's, you know, our conversations have been in private spaces. And so, um, so I had some nervousness about that knowing that I can get sort of carried away by a topic and, and, um, into a conversation in such a way that I, I'm, my presence of mind may, may be somewhat less in terms of remaining aware that the recording is ongoing. Um, but it was, it was, um, it was wonderful. And I, both in terms of the, the length of an individual recording and in terms of the succession of episodes, these were five conversations we had. And for me, I have over the past couple of years been sort of recovering from a lengthy period of social isolation. And ironically, this was the pandemic that, that allowed this to happen for me um, in suddenly going from a geographical in place context to this virtual online context and suddenly meeting a whole lot of new people and developing new relationships and, um, and finding my way into new collective settings, communities, forums, et cetera. And so, um, you know, I've done these, like people will have 30 minute zoom calls or they'll meet for an hour. And I've been very, I feel very fortunate to have sort of, um, get to know a lot of people who are more inclined towards two hour zoom meetings or zoom <laughs> calls. Um, because for me, there's a real, um, you know, it's like, if you'd been fasting for 10 years, you, you might, you might eat when you started eating again, you might eat more than you had before that 10 year period for a period of time. And I feel like I'm kind of reconstituting myself socially. So to have not just that duration in terms of quantity, but in terms of depth, in terms of these, um, sort of less tangible aspects of it. Um, it's been really soothing, healing, um, uh, and just really enjoyable. It's so nice. Helena, do you have anything to add going into the season? What were you? Well, this it, time, but, but just for both for the listeners and for, for all of you here, the first season were all people you already knew quite well, weren't yeah. they? Yeah. And this season you branched out a little bit. I branched out a little bit. Um, I thought that this season would be trios, that all of the fives would be trios. Matthew and Enma were the first that I asked. And, and when you said yes, it was like, oh, but that's not how it turned out to be. You turned out to be the only trio. Um, <laughs> I then asked, uh, Andy, uh, whom I, I know Andy, thanks to you, Caspia, because you were Googling for people on Instagram and stuff that I might enjoy. And you found a piece on doing gentle that Andy had written. You said, here's somebody I think you would like. And I'd reached out to you on Twitter and he was like, yeah, I did like you. We had a conversation and then we recorded for your podcast and I just, yeah, he's one. Um. And then it just kind of, you know, fell into place in the way that it does. Izzy, I had a conversation with Izzy because Matthew connected us on Forward Link, which was the Akimbo Workshops discourse forum that is now out of use. 
Um, and we had a conversation, just a get to know each other conversation. And by the end of it, I asked mm -hmm. if you wanted to join. Um, ready. Um, I met on Twitter and 24 hours later, we were recording the first conversation. So, you know, um, and then there's Steve, who is also along with me, Matthew, and in my, in the creative community. So it's a mix and it's a mix that I kind of enjoy having that mix. I kind of enjoy having this, uh, diversity of people where I, you know, I know what Matthew and Inma do for a living. I know, uh, you know, I know their history and their background and stuff. Um, ready? I still don't know. <laughs> you know, it's like, I still don't really know what he does for a living. And, and I like that. And I, and I actually like that. I still don't really know what it is that he does every day. Uh, but what I do get to see of what he does, I really love and enjoy. Um, so there's this mm -hmm. like sense of exploration and adventure somehow. Mm. And we'll uh, sort of, um, with that approach in mind, I mean, you, you reached out to, to Andy and Reddy via Twitter, you got Izzy via Matthew, with that approach, what did you expect anything else from this season than from the first? No, not really. Um, because my, not really, because my expectations isn't really an expectation. It is kind of more unknowing that these are people who have accepted the premise, which is to come and to be. And that's kind of it. And if you're not, and you know, I have spoken to everybody. I had spoken for 30 minutes to Reddy before asking him. Um, so, so there's this sense in me that if they say yes, then they kind of know what they're going, you know, what they're saying yes to. Mm. And that I'm not asking for anything else. Mm. It is just the, con just with bunny ears. It is the conversation that I'm after. It is that connection that I'm after. I think that's felt really refreshing to me as well, that it's, it's a holistic sense of like everything sort of fits together as opposed to it feeling like um from my perspective you're doing this for for some sort of you know as a as a marketing thing or like you know with another agenda in mind it, it feels really authentic and just actually it's it's the conversations that's that's what matters and and that comes through in spades so hmm. and then sort of moving moving into the conversations and and this is for all of you what, what did you you've all sort of touched on it already but, but but what what did you feel think you know uh experience throughout the conversations having these you know um, 
one hour to to I think the longest of these were probably Matthew and in my two and a half hour conversations. Instead of having them on a regular basis, what 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 was that like? It was something I looked forward to um, greatly. Uh, even you know, even though I have typically been in conversation with either Helena or Inmo or both um, on a weekly or every other week basis, you know, for for months now, um, there's something about ha having this particular space available for. Um, it's interesting because it, there's, um, it's actually, it's, it's touching in an, inter in an interesting way and in that it was, um, it, it felt very, it was just a very hospitable sort of thing. It was just, it was like, there was a, a I was invited, um, and, and, and Emma was invited. And so there was this, there was something and that I did what, there wasn't anything in particular I needed to bring but but just who i am and and how i respond to whatever comes up um and it's not that i'm you know that that contrasts so greatly with other spaces that i'm in for conversations like where this conversation that i was already having with helena and emma um were happening but but there was typically a focus and it wasn't like about me not that it always needs to be about me but that this is something and it was fairly subtle perhaps even but um it i just i felt very seen and welcomed specifically as myself and i think that for me that has meaning because it's 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 actually um and i'm grateful to, for the question because this has not come up for me in my awareness until until hearing the question um but that that's actually a, a a major deficiency in my entire life is, is, um, being, is having space where I, who I actually am is welcome. Um, and it's not even, there's, e there's even more nuance to it than that, because there is this sense that who I am is emerging always that, that who I am is not a fixed quantity or defined um, in any fixed way. And so who I am depends on who I'm with, depends on where I am, depends on what's happening. Um, and to be able to, um, show up and participate in a conversation without any constraint on, on who I am other than you know, social convention or whatever that, that I, you know, um, that's, um, that's something new in my life in the past couple of years. And it feels particularly um, salient in this context for me. I really like what you said about you about like showing up without any constraint, because it, it truly felt like this to like come to the conversation and just having an honest conversation with Helena. And I just didn't feel in any way judged or like, it was just having an open-minded conversation and that was very freeing and yeah, I felt welcomed each time I came there and, you know, first time I was quite nervous, but later I knew, like, I, I knew what 
I can expect, though it was quite unexpected because each conversation, there was no like script for the conversation. Uh, there were no questions set up before. We just had a conversation on things that has happened in our life recently about, you know, challenges in life, about good things that were happening to us. And the fact that you can have a conversation with another human being on like, not on a shallow level, but really deep and honest conversation is really, really cool. And I think a lot of people should benefit from this because we oft, often have the conversation just on the surface and we like, there is, we don't have energy. We don't have willingness to just dive deeper. And that's a shame, I think, because we can learn a lot from each other and you know, like just to come into conversation with open mind and being curious, that's already a big thing. And I think Helena just nailed it because this is what she does in each conversation. She's just curious. She just wants to, she, she strives for those conversations, for those honest and deep conversations. And this is really cool. And I think that's something I learned also from Helena, you know, like, to when you, when I speak with my guests, do not only stick with the questions, be sure I have some, but just to have to help them to relax, to have an honest conversation. And the other thing is that, I don't know, like I, year, two years ago, I had experience with Alt MBA and for me, that was just awesome. I met a lot of open-minded people, people with whom I could have really, really great conversations. And then when Alt-MBA finished, then it was like, okay, well, you kind of need to create your own tribe, people with whom you can talk. And then through Matthew, through Forward Link, I met Helena and instantly I had that feeling that, well, it will be this little part of, part of Alt-MBA. Those conversations will be a reminder for me of Alt, what I had in Alt-MBA. So that was instantly something that was, I was excited about. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, it's really interesting just hearing that sort of the, it's the beingness is really coming through in terms of everybody, what everybody values in these conversations is, is the being and not the doing necessarily. And like Matthew, you're saying just being seen and I guess it's the the compassion that comes through of just showing up as you are and whatever happens happens in terms of the conversation and that's part of what I really loved and looked forward to throughout the the whole five um, recordings was just knowing that I mean after each conversation I it sparked all sorts of ideas and connected all sorts of things for me that then I was like, right, go away and sort of write and explore certain things that have come up and it was just linking things together. And it really showed the power of like, I guess, non-agenda based conversation in terms of being part of my creative process. Um, and part of the, yeah, just, I guess, surrendering control and trusting that actually great stuff's going to come from this. You, you don't know what that's going to be, but. Um, yeah, I absolutely love that. And I love the fact that, uh, you know, you, you're saying Helena about not knowing what pe people do for a living and 
and actually that's a real core part of that beingness as well in terms of these conversations being reflective of like i guess what people are thinking about what people are exploring and actually you know what you do for a living might be secondary like to all of that stuff and the the things that are of value in our lives and the things that we want to talk about are kind of they might be that but they might well be something else as well so yeah just love yeah <laughs> love it and it's it's been so interesting it is you and me Andy. our fifth conversation is the one that will be released on on tuesday when we are recording this on april 3rd um and I have been following you on Twitter these past few days, seeing how what we were speaking about has blossomed into blog posts and thoughts and questions in you. And I have, it's like, it is not as if the strata, the, 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 the growth strata for those ideas comes from our conversation it is that like you say things sort of comes and then it's like they they interlink and interwove or weaved or somehow and and have now like gone on to become blog posts or or whatever they turn into so that it is this kind of snapshot image in a sense of what happens when you when you see how everything is interlinked how it does come together how one thing feeds another that feeds a third that all of a sudden sparks something in his life you know um so it's 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 a lovely it's a lovely reminder of the interconnectedness of of our being how how we all like bounce off each other and, and kind of you know give a little bit of pollen and receive a little bit of pollen and then we bumble beyond you know uh, I love that yeah so and and it's I think one of the things that I valued is you know start exploring an idea definitely not in any way fully formed. Um, and feeling safe to do that, like there's, there's been safety for that. Um, and then getting, I don't know what the right term would be, pushback is the term in my head, but it's not, a, it's not sort of a, a strong hostile pushback. It's a, it's a gentle sort of ebbing and flowing sort of pushback from you. And like, it's, it's almost a whittling of ideas in that sense um, to get to a place of like, well, yeah, not thought about it quite like that. Maybe that's something to explore um and just yeah the, those conversations just feel like that sort of a weird fluid molding um of certain things so and yeah. and i've i've been listening to a couple of swedish podcasts and in a couple of them what's come up is this this fact of how the wind helps to shape a tree but also to strengthen a tree and matthew is nodding so he might have been some english podcast too but if you have a if you have a big uh, greenhouse and you have a tree inside a big greenhouse and all of a sudden this tree is so big that it can't remain in the in the greenhouse and you have to take the greenhouse away that wind will or that tree will not stand 
wind because it hasn't gotten that gentle pushback. It hasn't been allowed to strengthen itself and to and to grow into something that can kind of hold its own in the world you know yes it can in the sheltered arena of, of a greenhouse but take that away and down it goes um so that's a little bit what what it does feel like to do these things i mean i posted a blog the other day which is actually the first blog since january 1st um on violence sparked by mine me already having the conversation in episode 49 about violence being bad or violence maybe not being so bad. And it is the same thing. I can see how this is something I've been speaking about with Reddy. I've been speaking about it with Dominic. I've been speaking about it with Caspian. I've been speaking about it with my, my, my four, my three wives. Uh, and how it's like, Oh yeah. Now it now it came into fruition as this actually formed blog post that in no way is the end of my thinking because I sent it to Dominic and he sent me a gazillion links back and just woof. <laughs> all of a sudden I have all of these new like little paths to follow to see what will then happen. Um yeah. It's an organic entity, mm. this thing called life, I think. Yeah, there's this sense of nurturing that comes to mind for me in terms of the space itself being nurturing and, and Helena, you hosting it being nurturing also. Um, in that that's what I associate, you know, talking about the sort of safety that's available to let something that's not fully formed come into the light, essentially. And so it... it um, I think that's, that's necessary. It's like a, a necessary part of growth, but maybe it's something we don't always have as much access to as we'd like to have, um, that, that that's a kind of thing that can exist within particular relationships, particular settings. Um, and for me, in this case, it's both of, of those things. And it's, this is a relational setting in the first place, but that, um, to be able to just let the ideas come, I, you know, I've been really focused on this notion of emergence of finding out what wants to happen. So not being, uh, the, the, not seeking to be any sort of a prime mover or, or, or direct or steer or steer anything or, or make something happen, but rather to be with what is, what is arising in my life, in the world, in a conversation, et cetera. Um, and this space has been particularly um, uh, amenable to that process, um, which is what that safety is what's required for that to happen, I think, effectively. Hmm. Yeah, and I think, yeah, sorry, so, go. Sorry, I, I just had a thought because, you know, like when uh, I, I compared this con these conversations to alt MBA and these conversations were limited by the amount that we had like five conversations and alt MBA it was one month yes and uh, we kind of got uh, used to, to each other we got used to, to this environment to people there to be able to talk to everyone honestly 
and have these deep conversations. And then in the end, we would ask a question, how are we going to maintain this after Art and Believe is finished? And now I just thought, because for each of us, these conversations were having what seems like a positive influence. They, they um, pushed us in some way, in a positive way pushed. Uh, to create new things, to think about some topics or some things in, in depth. And now I just wonder how, I didn't think about this before, but how we can sustain to have those conversations, perhaps even with other people, not only to like be attached to Helena, not a bad idea, but <laughs> I think you may have limited time. And, but, you know, just to have those conversations with others in different situations to kind of get out of this comforting environment to perhaps help others to create this environment for themselves and help them to grow in some way. Maybe that's, I don't know if that's the right description, but I think everyone gets what I mean. Everyone gets what I mean. Which is one of the things that came up when we had this conversation after the first season. This, you know, it's like, okay, who do I want to have five conversations with? Who can I, and who maybe there's five people that I want to have five conversations with, but you can start with one, but you know, to actually think about that and, you know, it might just be that, okay, I want to have five conversations with my father or, or my brother or the neighbor or my boss or you know, my childhood teacher or what, whatever it might be that there's, I, I, that's a little bit of a wish. I don't know that any of the people from season one has, has like deliberately set out to do a five times five convo season of their own, but I hope it's there percolating. Um, and that for me is what you're speaking to, Izzy. It's like, oh yeah, what, what yeah. how can I do, how can I allow more people to experience this thing of, 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 of just being in such a nurturing space, mm -hmm. to use your term, Matthew. Yeah, because I think, you know, we, we talked about this, Helena, in some of, one of the episodes that we, and as I said in the beginning, we don't have often this deep, honest conversations, the nurturing conversation, we don't hold a space for another person where they can have an honest conversation with us. Yes, we just tend to surf uh, on the surface <laughs> and then, um, and that's it, you know, and we just forgot about the people, forgot about their story or what they talk about. Um, and I think it's important, like, it's important to hold a space for others to have this kind of conversations. And I'm not saying that, you know, let's everyone set up for a podcast, uh, invite people for five conversations. But as you said, Helena, you know, maybe to talk with your father or with your brother or some friend from childhood or even, I don't know, randomly met people. Sometimes maybe that's possible also. This is something I'm interested in, in terms of, uh, a potential in the podcasting medium. And it's, it occurs to me, this is something that actually came up in one of um, the five conversations I was a part of. Um, 
in terms of having a conversation and in terms of the kind of conversations that we can have and that there is a way, um, I think the potential that I'm thinking of maybe has to do with the potential for modeling a kind of conversation, for modeling a kind of relationship because the two are intertwined. Um, and I don't, you know, I, that's something, you know, I talked about with, um, Helena and Emma in one of these episodes. And I don't know if we mentioned this particular example or not, we may well have, but, um, I was influenced really before podcasting became a thing. And these recordings date back to the nineties before the internet was much of a thing. <laughs> um, maybe the late eighties actually, but, uh, Rupert Sheldrake, Ralph Abraham and Terrence McKenna did a series of public conversations. Um, and they were all three friends and all three scholars, but from very different fields and very different opinions about a number of things. And so they would get on a stage and have a conversation and record it. Um, and then make the recordings available. There was a a book made of the trans sort of selected transcripts. And for me, it was really powerful to hear these friends who were not, it wasn't that they were showing up as friends on stage necessarily. It's clear they were, they would talk about their friendships on stage, but, um, but they were also showing up as, you know, Ralph Abraham is one of the creators of chaos theory in, in mathematics. Rupert Sheldrake is a sort of, um, ostracized biologist from, from England and Terrence McKenna is this, you know, psychonaut of, of a sort. And, um, they agree about a lot of things, but they disagree about a lot of things. And the way that they were able to have these passionate, engaged and friendly conversations in which they modeled a kind of disagreement, and which makes me think um, of what you were saying, Andy, in terms of like maybe pushback's not the right word, but there is something like the way trees mm. need wind, that there's something, it, it's a supportive resistance, we can say. I mean, resistance is a necessary um, experience for growth. If there's not resistance, you don't get healthy growth. And so, um, but I think of the podcast space and particularly how you're using it, Helena, in terms of these hosting, these kinds of conversations that opens this nurturing space for emergent conversation for ideas that maybe haven't been formed into sentences before to, to, to appear, um, and for people to feel safe enough to try something out that they, I mean, I know most of the time when I'm speaking, I don't know how I'm going to finish my sentence. You know, I might have a general sense of what the idea is, but I increasingly, I find I speak to discover. Um, and, and so that there is a certain kind of, um, space that's required for that. I can't, you know, there's some spaces I wouldn't do that in. Um, I'm no longer on Facebook, you know, <laughs> because of that sort of a, a culture. And so, um, but yeah, I feel, I feel it's exciting to me to consider that this is a sort of exploration of a particular potentially in podcasting for modeling conversation, but also more broadly relationship and not just any particular kind of relationship, but to have a, a disc, I mean, or maybe a particular kind of relationship in terms of having discourse with people that you are friendly with and can be congenial with and also not necessarily agree. Yeah, uh, I think that's a super good point. 
because it's sometimes hard to have a conversations like if people don't agree with you it's hard to have an open-minded conversation and i think it would be great if we are able to do it yeah that's awesome and i what was wait, you said something that i had in my head and now ah, i speak to discover that's awesome uh, i love that <laughs> yeah i love this this there's two words that come to my mind which are practice and um conditions and i've been thinking quite a lot about conditions kind of nurturing conditions for certain things um quite a lot so think about it in relation to creativity so in establishing a creative practice it's nurturing the conditions for creativity to flourish um and i think would just um yeah hearing talk about conversations and you know it could be a podcast or it could be you know i'm going to commit to having five conversations with my father or with whoever um actually creating the conditions for conversation to occur is something that could be really interesting to to think about because i you know you know we we have such a mad rush world everything's sort of instant and and the conditions for that kind of especially slow meandering conversations are not very present very often mm. um and I, I mean i've had a the fortunate experience kind of recently of being fairly transient in in where i'm living so i'm doing quite a bit of travel and spending time staying with with other people and with friends and, and things and what i've realized is that there's an abundance of that that sort of conversation happening when i'm yeah. in the right place for it and when you're just sort of it's it's all in the in-between moments as well and just hanging out with people and the conversation it, it might be it might start like a little five minute thing and then you make another cup of tea and sit down and go deep and actually the, there's not a lot of space for that kind of thing in a lot of life and you, you've got to be fairly intentional about just creating the conditions and not even necessarily creating the moment it's just mm. creating the conditions for the moment to maybe arise um and the other thing is the practice is like that which is what the five the very kind of being specific and having boundaries around it like okay we're going to have five conversations that becomes a practice that becomes a a thing that you can rely on as a as a rhythm as a thing that you're um that you're plugging into um and so yeah those those two things seem to be i don't know coming through there so yeah i think you know like we rush with so many things we we just don't like we we are not used to ask questions we are great with giving opinions but we i think we are not curious enough to ask questions and wait for an answer and let that answer to happen you know and sometimes it would be good to i guess if we hold our opinions and see what others will come up with because you know as you said but you speak to discover you know ask questions and see what this will bring and the fact that someone may have a different point of view, well, that's not necessarily bad. That's actually more interesting because I think we would talk with people that have only the same point of view. Oh, just them boring. Everyone would just agree with you or say, yes, yes, that's awesome. You're right. And we wouldn't learn anything new. And I think the beauty of the conversation is that an ability to ask questions and 
put time into this deep and honest conversation is that, that you discover new things, new ways of thinking. It, it sparks ideas or maybe just smooths, or soothes. I think soothing is the right word. Well, it makes you feel more uh, in place, more that in, like you enjoy the moment without rushing because we rush a lot. We rush, we want everything now. And we want, we have certain goals in head, we want to achieve it and we don't enjoy the journey, the, the path that leads us to that goal. But I think that's more important. And during that part of the conversation, there is ability for those conversations. It, and it's a hope for me too, I think, that having this type of conversation with someone else you know, I don't know what's the hen and what's the egg, but but it can also mean that you're more open to having this type of conversation with yourself too. So mm. that it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I can do this. I can have, I can say shit to Reddy that, mm, should I really say this? You know, and he doesn't kill me. He doesn't think, he doesn't laugh at me, say that I'm stupid. He's like, okay. So I can say that to myself too. I can have an honest conversation with myself too, because maybe I don't have to kill myself or laugh at myself or, you know, shut myself down. So there's this opening to have more of an, more of that type of communication with myself also. Well, I think that then also keeps going. I think that that's a like a revolving door, you know, because there's because people who think if you think about people who hate themselves, consider how they treat others, <laughs> right? There's and so and that's just sort of an extreme example, but the the point being that the more you are able to speak to be that way with yourself, to hold that space for yourself, that then it automatically extends to in, with within the context of your relationships with others. And I see this as actually like, there's a lot of, um, I feel like there's a potential for culture to emerge in this way for, or for culture to shift and that, um, the kind of conversation we're describing, um, is a, is intrinsic to it is this holding space for others and without, or withholding judgment, right? So that it's not, um, I'm not um, you're free to say the wrong thing, right? The, and that is really key because if you're not free to say the wrong thing, it's not safe to speak. Mm -hmm. And and that's a, to me, that's what cancel culture is that, that if it's, a, it's an, you can't speak unless you're going to say the right thing. And if, and if I don't know what I'm going to say, how can I possibly speak? Because there are people poised to tell me I'm saying the wrong thing and cut me out of the conversation. And so um, the way that we, I think that everyone to a certain extent speaks to discover and that as things change, what do you do? You need to talk to somebody about it, right? Whether it's something mm -hmm. in your life and so you talk to a close friend or it's something in the world and you talk to the cashier and the post person, like anyone, you know, you can, and right now in the world, I mean, from COVID to climate change, to war, to political disruption, to algorithms, et cetera, um, 
change is, is a constant in a way that it has never felt before. I think there's disruption is the norm in a certain way. And so with that comes a, a heightened need, a commensurate need then to be able to have the kind of conversation within the kind of relationship that allows space for me to say the wrong thing. Um, and I think about the political, like the context of, of, of politics or the topic of politics and conversation as an example, um, and how it, we're sorted into silos by algorithms online increasingly so that we're, we're, we're shunted over to be only with the people that someone else or some AI has decided we agree with. Um, and that's. A, a, a bad recipe for society um, because it, it it makes it more difficult for people to have conversations with people they disagree with because they're less and less accustomed to being in conversation with people they disagree with. Mm -hmm. And so then this whole like expectation of saying the right thing is heightened because we're only with people who say the right thing, who don't challenge us with the resistance of a, of an, a differing opinion. Um, and in the context of democracy in ancient Greece, that was the, the, the beginning of the slippery slope of stasis into civil war and return to oligarchy from democracy. And so, um, but we all have the capacity to be walking in the opposite direction from that through each conversation that we have in each relationship that we have. And it's, it consists of just what we're talking about here, just what I feel like each of us has described in our own way what the conversations on these episodes have felt like to be a part of. Um, and then maybe from a, a stepping back and looking at it from more of a meta perspective, seeing that as well. Very well articulated. Yeah. 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 And I was, I was thinking as well, like when we're in those, in those silos that you talk about, like the the conversations that we are then thinking we need to have or that we are having are about the things that like you jump straight to those divisive points of the conversation as well, as opposed to, again, taking the model of these five conversations, they're human conversations. You're talking about, you're connecting at human to human level. You mm -hmm. might then touch on things that you disagree, disagree on. You might have, you might go deep into those things and you might, have that a real back and forth around those things but ultimately it's a it's on a foundation of of compassion of human to human um you know of, of like humanizing one another um and that's such an important thing that is missing in so much of the the kind of algorithmic society that we're, that we're building that's such a yeah really good point mm. Yeah, it really is. I think to to that the I mean the the algorithms don't really invite Tankispian at all. Um and I think what what these conversations do to a great extent is just that invite Tankispian. Especially since you're having five conversations, Elena, you're having five conversations with, with, in this case, six different people doing the bumblebee thing with cross-pollinating. 
becoming that algorithm yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, just not not saying, hey, I, you're, you're all going to be thinking exactly like me. That's, that's why you're on the podcast. But rather saying, okay, here are people from, from all over. Some I don't even know what they do for a living, you know. Um, let's, let's see, let's see what kind of tankespian we can get out of that. I would like us to, to sort of move, sort of my, 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 just to be transparent here. My, my thought is that to, for us to talk about the, the before the conversations, the during conversations and the after the conversations. So, so sort of moving, you've all been in, been touching on this before. Um, but sort of what, what do you bring with you from these conversations? What do you, what, what are some, I don't know, practices, thoughts, um, ideas, feelings that you bring with you from, from these conversations out into either other conversations that you're going to have or have had, um, or in life in general. You know, I, I think for me, I, I did tremendously enjoy the conversations because I do like having this sort of conversations. I, I just generally love it. And finding another human being, a group of people, as we do today, with whom we can share those thoughts and like, talk on different topics and mention how important are the conversation, this type of conversations, it's really important for me. So I, I, I think I was grateful for this opportunity. Like each time we finished, I, I was able to think about the things that we spoke. I was able to think about this a little bit more, give some more thoughts to it. This sparked some other, um, other thoughts and things that I, I implemented in further to my life, workflow and things, similar things. But I think what it, uh, not reminds me, but it uh, emphasizes to me that the conversation is an important part of our lives. And we need to learn to have those, those conversations in the way that encourages the thinking process, the diving deep into a topic, because each conversations that we had with Helena, we just, we talked about different things, but we, we looked to the things from different angles, from different directions. And I think that's really amazing because we often just see things from one perspective. We look to it, it's like, oh, okay, it has to be all like this, all like that. And there is nothing in between. And I think that's incorrect. And the thing in between is the honest, deep conversation that we are brave to have because, you know, it's like, as Matthew said, we're going to be wrong. And it's okay to be wrong because otherwise we wouldn't understand anything. We wouldn't learn anything. And so it reminds me to just have those conversations, to, to put time in it, to not forget that they are important and 
to be brave to have them also, you know, with people sometimes I'm not comfortable having a conversation with. So yeah, I think, I think that's, that's for me, like the main aspect and for afterwards. Yeah, I think I would, I would agree with that totally. And yeah, as I said, it's, there's a the kind of creative sparks that that flew as a result of conversations as well was a big thing for me. Um, and yeah, stimulating conversations with myself. You know, Helena, you mentioned that earlier, like the that ongoing conversation that, and and Matthew as well. That that kind of sense of having a conversation and also inviting a bit of grace into that conversation in terms of allowing things to be wrong. Um, and I say wrong in it, 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 inverted commas, because it's almost mm. like, what does wrong even mean? Um, yeah. but like just, yeah, being able to, you know, we've talked about shock absorbers, um, and you mm. talked about laughter as a shock absorber in our last conversation, which was something that really then went on and stimulated a blog post but um yeah just just allowing things to to bounce and um and for me like a, it, it's something i'm doing a lot in my work at the moment is going back you know i've blogged and i've had my podcast for over 10 years so i'm at the moment going back into early episodes because i don't want to just delete the archive but i'm also very aware that i think very differently to how i did back then and there's some things which you know i'm like could, could I get cancelled for that? I mean, what's, you know, what's in there? Um, so I'm kind of, and it's a really nice process, just going back and, and picking apart old episodes. And I'm, I'm kind of creating a tapestry style podcast now, like I'm just about to start releasing it um, around certain topics, where, which I've touched on before. Um, and just having that conversation with my past self and allowing myself to, evolve my thinking and grow in terms of through the lens of today okay yeah what what did i say about that that's that's kind of weird um and just i suppose it's a it's something good for myself but it's also something that i'm very aware i want to model because the idea of you know like i think we're so quick to judge um other people on things that have been said in the past and and things and you know often there's there's sort of reasons for that good reasons for that um but we need to all give ourselves and one another more grace in that and so it's it's again coming up with the practices to do that and uh, i think yeah uh, reflecting on conversations afterwards um of these five conversations there's been a few occasions where i'm thinking yeah i said that I really, I'm not sure I agree in any way whatsoever with what I said. Um, and it's kind of what you do with that thought is quite interesting. Um, a lot of the time it's just, okay, maybe I'll journal about it and come to a place of like, yeah, no, I think that's what, that's where I'll settle on that. Um, sometimes you might need to go back and actually address it and be like, you know, I said that last time. Yeah. I'm not sure. I think that actually. Um, and then other times it's just, yeah, just let it be because that's a part of, you know, the safety to be wrong or the safety to to say things that we don't even, you know, often you say things you don't mean. Um, mm. 
Like that's just the nature of clumsiness of language, the clumsiness of, of yeah, working out what you think about things. It's, it's like, yeah, you're not going to come out with really crystal clear, perfect points every single time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate you bringing grace into the, to this conversation. Cause I think we're naming it cause maybe it's already been here, but, um, for, it, for me, this, there's been a sort of trajectory around visibility that has been both, uh, public and private, um, and at, at essentially at the interface of, of those two and that, um, uh, I have been becoming visible on the internet in that you didn't used to be able to really, you know, turn me up with a Google search. Um, and, uh, in part, because there are a lot of Matthew Baines around, um, like a lot and, and a lot of them are well-known even, um, sports people and stuff. And, um, and so I was always just Matthew Bain until the past couple of years when I started putting my middle name in, becoming Matthew Word Bain, of which there are very few. In fact, perhaps only one. And so um, that was a step that I, as I, as I chose to use that additional name, I became increasingly self-conscious of then this translates into a certain potential visibility and then beginning to appear on a podcast or two or five or six, um, then, uh, of course there's, there's a visibility that comes with that or, or audibility, but, but also visibility certainly. And, um, what's happened is that along the same timeline, I've been going through a process of, um, along the lines of inner work, becoming aware of, um, visibility as the frame, uh, a more useful frame for what's happening to myself, um, at this time in my life than a previous frame that I had been using. Um, and so it would just, I can maybe articulate that plainly by saying that, uh, I had been, um, thinking that I didn't have a persona in the world and that, um, we, there was a part of this conversation about personas and, um, saying that people don't feel as though people have never known how to relate to me because I didn't have like a ready-made persona for them to interact with. And, um, that instead I was just, I was just, I was just a blank screen. And then someone very helpfully and disruptively, um, in a good way, asked the question, well, what if the blank screen was your persona? And that then connected to a metaphor that came up for me in the context of trauma work over the past 10 years and, um, became suddenly clear that that indeed was th the nature of things. And so I've been in the process of stepping out from behind this persona of a blank screen and thus becoming visible. And so that's happening for me with myself, with personal relationships in, you know, geographical space where I live with people I actually see in person. And of course, with people online, which is mostly who I interact with socially these days. And so, um, so it's, I can't really separate those two processes out. In fact, I've been discovering, it's been this sort of toggling back and forth of, of discovery in both of those related contexts, um, and in conversation. And so in being able to 
in enjoying relationships which afford me this grace of being able to be wrong. Um, and I, I think about actually, and I was thinking at first of, of the term grace note and Andy, maybe you, you can, you can correct me. I'm not sure I'm using that term correctly because now I'm not sure if this is actually what a grace note is, but a passing note, at least in music can be when you're headed for the E, but you play the E flat on your way in. It's this sort of inflection. And um, what is that, but playing a wrong note on the way to getting to the right note. And that's actually done intentionally in music, not always, but it can be. And it's a way of adding character, texture, flavor, whatever. Um, but it's an interesting metaphor for, I think, what we're talking about in terms of um, holding open the space for playing the wrong note on your way to the right note, which is, I think, what we're talking about in terms of holding a nurturing space in conversation slash relationship for people to find out what they believe, how, how they make meaning by speaking in conversation and um, getting to a clearer understanding of what that is um, by finding some dead ends along the way, essentially. Um, and so I've then in terms of more directly in response to your question, Caspian, I've actually been um, really interested in how uh, I can how I can participate in more conversations like this, and also with new people. And so it's wonderful for me today to be here in conversation with um, Caspian. I've interacted with you a few times, but as part of a larger group, and Izzy, we've had some conversations in a in a text forum context. Um, and Andy, I've heard your podcast a little bit in your episode episodes with Helena, but this is my first time, of course, being with you in person. And so um, the newness, the novelty of these interactions is really precious to me. And I have been, um, I don't have a lot to reveal in terms of specifics, but um, there's, and it's not necessarily been caused by this, but but there's been a, a concomitant arising of um, the process of developing an, a podcast that, that I will be hosting at one of the hosts for um, that is very much about emergent conversation. It's about create, it's a specifically intended to create a space for, um, to find out what wants to happen in, in the form of conversation. And, um, that will initially probably not be something with guests, but that ideally long-term, I think the desire is for bringing other people into that. And then it starts to be about both relationship and new people and the sort of networking. And I don't mean that in a marketing sense, um, but, but like a, a, a mycelial sense that, that this is about um, growing human connection, um, allowing human connection to emerge and, and, and converge um, and finding out what happens when you bring together people from disparate backgrounds and disparate professions and disparate viewpoints to have a conversation together, which of course is one that's what we're doing today. That's what um, Tankisbjörn, the podcast has been um, in, a, in a more granular way. Uh, and then 
it becomes more, more coherent in that sense in these, in these group calls. Um, but I'm very, I'm very interested in that. Cause I think that that is, that's a way of, of bringing intention to what we're talking about in terms of holding space for people and, and, and allowing people to say the wrong thing and, and all of that. Um, but to actively seek out, which is what, of course, I see you doing, Helena, in terms of finding guests for Takis for Takis Bjorn, um, and wanting to do, wanting to experience more of that for myself. Um, and so it's been, uh, it's been exciting to, to just to watch it unfold. It's clear. It seems clearly like that's something that wants to happen. Um, and that wants, you know, me to participate, um, in its unfolding. So. Lovely. It's lovely. And it's, I was, the last group conversation we had with Steve and Inma Reddy, it, it kind of really brought the, brought the message home to me that, yeah, there's a, there really is a place for this type of conversation. There is a, there is value to this type of conversation. This is, this is an offering that holds a lot of value to me that I knew. It does hold a lot of value to each of you individually. And I knew that from season one, but it was like, hammered home more now in, in these group conversations, but also from the, the, some of the feedback that I've been getting from, from people who listen that, that they are so enjoying being a part of the conversation, because that's kind of what I, what I hear people who comment on it saying that, oh yeah, I wanted to jump in and talk to you about languages or, you know, it's like, so, so that it is like, yeah, we are recording and then it will be released a couple of weeks afterward, but that there's some type of opening to this, that, that it doesn't feel like it's closing in or, 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 I don't know putting up a barrier it's rather the opposite it's like here's an opening and you're welcome to to join in any way you see fit if it is you know interaction or if it is just feeling that you're a part of the conversation that feeling is 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 important that one gives me um even more Incitament, we say in Swedish. Um, well, I don't know. It gives me 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 energy or or like fuel to keep at it to to do this because I see that there is value in it. Mm. Um, That's what I love about the podcast format is. It's an invitation. Like it always feels like you're involved in the, con you feel closer to the people that you're listening to than you obviously are, but you feel involved and you feel invited into that conversation when it's at, at its best. Um, as opposed to it being like a broadcast of 
um, we're relaying a load of information. You're listening and soaking that in. Obviously, there's there are podcasts like that, um, but I think what you've what you're doing with Tankus Bjorn is what I love about the podcast format, which is that it's just this organic, no limits thing um, that can reach everybody around the world. Um, I, th I think we've we've done well. You know, money always does it like in terms of constraining the uh constraining the format and plastering adverts over things and stuff like that but like yeah i think I, I just really appreciate that you we have very similar values when it comes to the podcast medium so i think you just nail it yeah yeah i completely agree I think that's a really nice note to to end on as well for for today and for this whole season that is thank you all for for showing up and for having these having had these conversations with Helena it's been been a joy having this conversation today but also editing all of them Thank, so you. thank you. Yeah, it's been amazing. I've really enjoyed this to today as well. Yeah. yeah. Lovely to meet everyone. Yeah. Yeah, you're welcome and thank you. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I will see you around.